hello and welcome to Women in Tech Forum's video leadership series. Today's special focus is on Black History Month. Uh, in 2020, we have seen Black Lives Matter protests all over the world, um, sparking uh, a new focus from individuals and organizations to raise awareness of Black history, culture, and inclusion in the workplace. It's my pleasure today to welcome our special guest, Dami Lola Arinle, who has spent 10 years as a Black woman in the tech industry, uh, most recently as the area vice president of Salesforce, and now currently um, the founder of her own company to support uh, companies and individuals in growing their businesses. So a very warm welcome to you, Dami. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, so Dami, you've been a, a black woman in the tech industry for 10 years. Um, could you share a little bit about what it's like being a black woman in the industry? Yeah. You know, it's a really interesting question because um, it was really very mixed. Um, there were moments where it really was a, a real pride and it was amazing experience being part of the technology industry and being a leader but there really were moments where it was really, really isolating. And um, I think this is kind of a combination of a number of, for a number of different reasons. Being a, a black person growing up in a predominantly white country, you, as well as being educated by your parents, there is always a separate education around being aware that you're black and perhaps um, some preconceived ideas people might have about you. So for example, my mom would always tell us when we were younger, you know what, Dami? There are some people that may think that your brain is as black as your skin. So you really just have to really focus, get your head down and work really hard and prove everybody wrong. And so growing up, you had this awareness that you may be judged for different reasons, but that your sole focus was to be your best. And so equally growing up in a very male dominated environment, um, I actually went to an all boys boarding school. Um, so I, again, I was a minority. I played rugby. I studied genetic engineering at university. And so there were very few women. And so I'd almost grown up in this world where I wasn't looking up anymore. So when I actually joined the tech industry and then went through the leadership um, ranks, I was, when I joined Salesforce, probably the youngest vice president globally. And I, at the time, was the only black president globally. Now, what was really interesting is at the beginning, I didn't even notice that until I think it was into my uh, first year and maybe my second global management meeting with our CEO, that someone pulled me inside and said, how does it feel being like the only black VP? And I had this moment where I was like, I am? And it, and it really hit me because I, I'd realized I'd spent so much time just trying to be this person that was not any of the stereotypes and fight against everything and, and live you know, an example and lead by example that I'd forgotten to look around. And so I kind of created this bubble around me and I asked this question, wow, well, where are all the other black people and, and where are all the women? You know, I hadn't even asked myself this question. And to an extent I was slightly ashamed because I didn't even realize kind of what I'd become and this kind of machine I, I'd turned into. And then as I started to ask more questions, um, you know, I'd look back and I found management at times really, really difficult, really difficult. But I assumed this is just management. It's just being a, a senior leader in a tech company and it's fast paced and it's all about revenue until people started to actually share their honesty around things that they saw were being said to me or done to me 
that um, weren't standard and weren't consistent and were based on people's um, fear, prejudices, um, levels of discrimination. And so it really started to open my eyes. And, and so what it became very challenging to do was to, um, to develop as a leader, knowing the intention of people's feedback or advice. And so whilst you want to develop and you want to be really open, you, know, you start to ask the question, you know, are they saying this because they're jealous? Are they saying this because they aren't comfortable with me? And so at times it was very hard to actually find somebody that understood you, that aligned with some of your values and some of what you were looking for and that could develop you in the right kind of way. And so um, there are definitely, there are so many things I look back on and I, I feel I maybe missed as a leader in terms of what I could give to others, but also how I could have developed because it, it, it was extreme isolating at times. So whilst, you know, the tragedy of George Floyd has really, um, it is a tragedy, it has sparked some really, really important conversations. And I think it is an amazing time for organizations to take a step up for everybody to stop, to look up and ask themselves some really important questions. Absolutely, and you've raised, quite a lot of points there and I think you know a couple I'd like to sort of unpick a little bit further which is um, it can be very isolating and probably my question to you is you know there will be lots of other black women who also feel isolated what would be your advice to them? Now if I'm honest the first thing I would say is try and find honestly people of colour uh, primarily if you can your, your colour um, or people of colour and ask the question, how are they feeling? What are they experiencing? Um, it's like everything. When you think it's just you, you think, well, I'm not going to cry about this because obviously it's something I've done wrong. So I've just got to be better. And I've got to try harder and I've, and I've got to do more. As soon as you realise that this is actually something that's happening that perhaps isn't correct, um, you tend to feel stronger and you actually start, instead of asking yourself questions, you, ask, you start to ask the right questions externally. Um, and this kind of almost uh, was highlighted to me even, even further when I actually wrote uh, an article on LinkedIn just after George Floyd's death, because I felt that whilst in the social space, there was a lot of commentary around the injustice, there was very little on the professional platform. And my view was that we're the same individuals socially as we are when we come to work. So we bring the same values um, that we have you know, at home into the workplace, whether we realize it or not. And whilst America has probably a more open culture, the UK culture is definitely a little bit more reserved. That also means that sometimes some of the discrimination is a bit more subtle. It doesn't mean it's not necessarily there. And so um, when I wrote this article and I was sharing at different stages of my life incidents that had happened that made me realize I was very different and not necessarily um, welcomed by everybody. I remember then uh, putting, I put a hashtag saying, share your story. And I was horrified by some of the stories of people that I knew, black people that I knew that were having very similar experiences. And I remember even thinking, even knowing that they're black, I was like, but how could that happen to you? Cause you're like, you're like really kind and you never do anything to anybody. And so even I was shocked. And these are people that I knew. So it, it, it's really, really important to just share your experience. And then first of all, understand you're not alone and get confidence in the fact that you are valued, um, that you have a voice and that you can do something positive with that voice and not to shy away from your experience or be ashamed 
um, of drawing too much attention because you're already different. So you don't want to then create or ruffle more feathers. So I think um, that confidence in numbers really, really helps and just knowing that you're not alone. So the first thing I would say is just talk, speak to others and just understand what they're experiencing and, and be reassured that you're not alone and it's okay and that we will advance and we will get through this. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, for Black History Awareness Month as well, I think that's really important as well, that people do share their stories and their experiences, because in doing so, you're also helping others and collectively, you know, everybody is helping each other out. And I think that probably the next question is, um, you know, as a, you know, as a, a white female, uh, which many of our audience is as well, we have people of colour, what questions can we ask and how can we support black women in tech and people of colour in tech? I think um, the first thing you could do is, you know, is if there is anyone of, of colour in your space is to try and have that open conversation because there's actually a really good chance they're suffering in silence. There'll be things that they've seen, they've observed that they've never wanted to share and would never want to put that burden on other people. But, um, you know, it's a process of education for everybody involved, you know, everybody of colour, Caucasians, everybody. So I would ask the question um, and then I would actually take the time to self-reflect and say, you know, you know, from my perspective, is there anything I've overlooked? Is there anything that I could do differently? Is there, a, uh, you know, something I could be more aware of? Is there anywhere I could also actively support? Because um, I think this is one of the key areas is if there is an issue, it's not just enough to talk about it. It's like, you know, what action can I take? How can I get involved? How can I be an advocate? How can I, you know, educate myself and be part of this amazing movement, which is essentially all about accepting and loving diversity. You know, it's, it's, it almost feels like it's an evolution of a really important um, movement, which is all about accepting and appreciating difference. And so it's just part of that journey. And so the question should be, how do I get involved in this next day of, the, of this journey? How do I develop myself? And so I would encourage everybody, just ask the question and just learn and listen. Um, it's really, really important. Absolutely. And then from a, an organisational perspective as well. So obviously we've got sort of individuals and listening and learning and collectively we grow and support each other. Um, what advice would you give to organisations in supporting women of colour and black women in tech? Yeah, I think um, the question needs to, to kind of start with, um, especially if there aren't any in your organisation, is, is the question of why not? You know, what is happening in our hiring process um, that maybe means that we're just looking in the same pool? Is there any way that we can lend ourselves at a grassroots level to say, well, you know what, maybe in our industry at the moment, there just aren't enough women of colour. So it's hard to, to maybe look at how our current hiring might look like, but what does our future look like? You know, what's that future workforce look like and how can we invest in the future? So I think it's about getting some programmes in place that aren't just looking to make change now, but also, um, looking to change the future. And I think this is something that uh, when I was look, working at Salesforce, something I, I started doing when we really started to look at, well, why aren't there you know, women in technology? And, and one of the key things we understood was that sometimes in the interview process and how we actually put our announcements up is very male orientated. And so what we'll naturally get is a lot of men proactively applying for jobs, whereas women tend to think they have less of the skill sets and so are we only taking what's being put in front of us or actually stopping and saying well you have these competencies let's reach out to you you know what how do we 
irrespective of how we do it, how do we create a balanced pool to work from? And so I think it's in that same um, spirit that uh, we should also be looking at that, that sort of diversity of color. You know, where are these um, strong black women that are just as, you know, educated and just as um, able to bring um, assets and, and skills to the workplace? Where are they and what are they doing? And, and how can we support a transition? Because sometimes the transition will be uh, one that requires a little extra support because they may have the transferable skills, but they may not have the industry knowledge. So, you know, how do we make that little extra effort to make sure that we're getting the right people, but we're helping them on that journey? So I think there's a lot organizations can do. You know, there's a lot of um, statements out there. We stand, you know, we stand for diversity, but I think, you know, putting your money where your mouth is and, and putting programs in place that at least try to adjust some of, of what we're seeing um, is, is kind of a good place to start. Absolutely. And, and I think sort of looking at the statistics, just 3% um, of the workforce um, is black, uh, black women. Um, so, so where are black women going? What industry sectors are they going to and why aren't they coming to the tech industry? You know, it's really, it's a really good question. Um, and it's probably one I've asked myself. Um, there are a lot of um, black women in a lot of the care, um, care industries, um, a lot of retail industry as well. Um, but for some, re uh, um, for some reason, technology, I don't know. I don't know. I think it feels very alien um, and just really, really far-fetched for a lot of um, black women in terms of maybe feeling comfortable. Because when you think of a technology environment, I do think white male. You know, if you look at all the startups in America, California, it's, it doesn't shout, black woman, welcome, like you're going to be really valued here or you could see yourself fitting in and I think for everybody um, cultural fit in terms of how you feel and how you belong is a huge is a, such a huge decision uh, or a huge part of your decision when you're applying for a job or, or looking to work somewhere and so if you don't feel like you fit if the stereotype on this exterior is already saying we're not sure about you you know it's just not an avenue that people are going to go into and if I'm honest um, I don't know how I got into IT <laughs> I fell into that, you know, I, it wouldn't have been something I chose, you know, my dad's a doctor, my mum's a lawyer, I probably would have done one of those avenues, I would study genetic engineering, maybe I would have done more of the science, maybe going to the medical field, but I did actually fall into um, technology by accident, and so falling into it, I actually really enjoyed it, I love technology, I love the pace of it, I love the opportunity, and so I look and think, there are more of us that would love this opportunity, but you know, how many times do people fall into it? Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot rarer. So I guess um, it's an interesting question. It's probably something I should, I probably will spend a bit more time trying to understand as well. But from what I understand at the moment, there is definitely that perception in, amongst the black female community. And so hence they're probably in slightly different industries. Absolutely, and there's a huge amount of progress we can do. And it starts really with schools and education and, you know, encouraging diversity into all of the STEM subjects as well and feeding that through to universities and also giving that, you know, perception that it is an inclusive culture and there are people, you know, like me working in this country, whether you are black, a woman of colour, white, you know, gender neutral. Um, so, you know, I think it's, 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 you know, the industry has a lot to do uh, in order for people to really feel inclusive and a sense of belonging. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what advice, as, as a closing question, what advice would you give to 
all of the black women who are already in tech? Gosh, I would say, first of all, congratulations, you're there, stick at it. Um, but I, I think the first thing would be definitely to look at your, at your network, something I referred to earlier on, look at your black network, not just in your company, but across uh, all industries, to be honest. Um, make those connections. LinkedIn is great for that. There are so many um, connections I've made recently based on just interesting articles and seeing who's commented and people that are interested. Try and build your network, your support network. There is one there. And with that growth, your voice will be heard. It will get stronger. You'll have more confidence. This is where ideas for change come from. It's about building momentum. So we're out there. Let's connect. And then let's support one another. It's really, really important, not just now, but also the future. You know, we're a strong force to be reckoned with. And so, you know, I would encourage you, keep doing what you do best and keep shining the light. Thank you. What a wonderful way to close the interview. So thank you so much, Dami. That's been so educational and enlightening for me as well. And we need more people uh, like you in the industry really standing up for Black women in tech. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.